So, Due Diligence, as always, is brought to you by Do Media Inc., my production company, video production. Any of your video production needs, give us a call at Due Media. And Eric, uh, go ahead and tell us about... Uh, the Dude About Town, which is architecture, photography, and Heights Clothing Company, which is, in my opinion, some of the best Heights and Shaker spirit where you're gonna find. Welcome to Due Diligence as we continue our, uh, our efforts to, to talk to the people here in the, uh, in the Heights area that are going to end up having a big impact uh, after this election season um, on the Heights. And you know, usually we're focused on Cleveland Heights as we've been talking to our mayoral candidates and talking to um, some of our local politicians. But today, our first candidate who is running to replace Marcha Fudge for the congressional seat, uh, District 11. Mm -hmm. um, Will Knight, thank you for uh, for joining us today. Really, uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for um, having me. And uh, yeah, you know, I think it's important to continue to have on hopefully some more candidates as well that are running for District 11 because you guys are going to have a direct impact on on the Heights and on our future as well. Um, when when you think about why you wanted to be on the ballot uh, this year, uh, when you heard that Marsha Fudge's seat was open, why why now? Well. Um Years ago, I started looking into doing some things politically, and just the timing wasn't right. And then there was, you know, there were some there were some people in politics that were representing me that I was pleased with, um, like my state rep. I, I I'm fine with, and the person in my ward I was fine with. So I didn't really need to upset that apple cart. But when you found out, when I found out that Marshall Fudge's seat was being was potentially being vacated in November, and then you saw. The potential candidates and the inevitability of who they thought was going to win i just said no that just that can't be the case it just can't be someone just is given the seat right so i, I said i made three phone calls to my lawyer a very good friend of mine who shoots it all the way straight and a friend of mine in dc who knows politics and works in politics and i asked them all the same question i said well i said this i said i need you to talk me out of something and they all and they were and they all this conversation all the same way and they said what's that and I said I'm thinking about running for Congress and then they said and all three of them said why would I do that and then we had conversations and it was encouraging and I said okay well maybe this is something I can do and then I started you know making calls to people I know mutual friends people in politics people in you know just people who could give me some instructions some advice and how to go forward with this and we've been off and running ever since um your background is uh, is interesting. I'm uh, I'm proudly wearing my Heights hat here at uh, at Shaker High School and the the old football stadium here at uh, at Shaker Heights High. You're a Shaker graduate, um, early '90s, right? Yep. Early '90s graduate. Um, you were a wrestler yes. at Shaker, yep. and uh, um, you decided you wanted to go to Ohio State yes, to sir. to wrestle, huh? Yep. So. Yep. Uh, I'm from what I know about you. I think you probably got some positive and some negative uh, memories bit. coming out of uh, coming out bit. of your Ohio State experience. So, but you walked on at Ohio State, yeah. right? Why did you yeah. go to Ohio State? Well, I was my my mother. I'm the youngest of seven. Immediate, I have two older older half siblings, and uh, I'm the youngest of seven. And my mother, when we when they came to Ohio and then they came to the Akron area initially, my mother always wanted some. She just she just loved Archie Griffin. She just wanted someone. To one of my one of our you know kids to go to Ohio State, and we thought it was going to be my second oldest sister, my sister Angela, but then uh, that didn't work out. She went to Florida A&M, and uh, it was down to me. And <laughs> but uh, I, I just wanted to go. Like I, I 
I applied to 14 places, applied to Michigan, my Ohio, OU, and Ohio State, and you know, Michigan called me with this huge package of, you know, well, pretty much how much it costs, and I was like, well, that's a right. little too much. <laughs> right. And then uh, just some, just some grav, you know, I, I gravitated to Ohio State, and here we are. Um, you, uh, and you're currently the Shaker Heights wrestling coach. Yes, right? I'm the head so, wrestling coach. Shaker. And uh, and we'll get back to Ohio State in a second, but you. Uh, run a family business, right? Yeah. Or help run it? Yeah. You and your siblings own a... Yeah. What, just describe what you're, yeah, you and your well, siblings we are to. We've had a, a contracting company, and, um, you know, my dad has been, you know, we've been in the paint business since the late 60s, early 70s. And uh, my uh, all my siblings, we all grew up painting houses all around the, the greater Cleveland area. So I probably painted a lot, of, you know, some of your, you know, a couple of your uh, people on this, on this podcast house. But uh, and but then my uh, my parents start getting you know they, as they're getting older my parents got uh, my dad got ill and um, you know we kind of just to try and pull back just trying to keep business going and also maintain his health but then he passed since passed a couple years ago and then my mother passed a year and a half ago mm. and so we're just kind of trying to revamp things you know I got to kind of re-engage clients and things like that but uh, but yeah we're uh, but we're still in the game just contracting and painting. So you guys run that together, your, you and your siblings? Well, or well it's, it kind of fell onto me. And then, uh, so kind of, like I said, my, I, had a, I have another brother who has an independent paint company. So I do some stuff with him, but yeah, we're still, uh, but you know, I'm doing small stuff till I can build back mm -hmm. clientele and help because, you know, mm -hmm. people are working, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's tough to find help in the contracting business too. In reading uh, about you on your website, and so it sounds like your parents were both a real inspiration in their own way in terms of like your approach to life. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, my uh, very, they're both very educated people. My father's the smartest person I, I've ever known, and my mother is a graduate of Columbia University or the uh, grad program. Mm -hmm. She she went into teaching and she was she used to teach spelling bee champions and she taught us how to write and she had perfect handwriting and mm -hmm. my uh, my father was uh, when he came to Ohio was the first black man to work in a bank who wasn't a custodian hmm. and then from Akron they moved to East Cleveland and he was working for different banks Ameritrust and, and First Bank and he was helping minorities secure loans that they weren't being, that they weren't traditionally able to get from other banks mm -hmm. and uh, so he was a big proponent of, of small business development and community people who live in the community being able to own their own their own businesses and their own homes and it, it was a, it was a great program until a couple you know certain circumstances happened where he had to move on from banking yeah he sounds like an interesting guy to would have been an interesting guy to talk to yeah. uh, to be able to, to be doing that back then when Cleveland was in such flux, yeah. right? Like in the 70s, 70s and 70s, stuff. Yeah. Like even people, a lot of people in Cleveland Heights don't know that there were uh, African American family on Overlook whose house was firebombed because they tried to mm. ignore the redlining and tried to buy a house yeah. on Overlook, yeah. uh, and that was in the in the 70s. We were we were the first uh, black family on our street in 68, 69. You know, like but it was but it still was the last street in Shaker mm -hmm. before you went into Cleveland. So, mm -hmm. it, but it still was this, this block. We were the first black family there and Shaker seemed to open that up. They kind of, they, they stopped the red line to, to some degree. Right. And, uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's what we were trying. Those are things that they were trying to overcome in that time, 60 mm -hmm. and 70. Okay, so uh, I'm not trying to bring everyone down, but this no. is relevant to your, why you're 
to, what I understand is relevant to why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. So when you were at Ohio State, uh, a lot of people may have heard that uh, there was recent in the news recently. Ohio State has been trying to deal with the fact that dozens and dozens and dozens of their athletes were sexually abused by a doctor, the staff doctor at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this was in the early 90s. Yep. So, and you're one of the leaders of uh, the athletes trying to uh, make sure that this is this wrong is righted, right? Yeah. I mean, this, that doctor passed away in 05, right? Yes, but sir. like there still is this, um, Ohio State's just dealing with this in the last few years, right? So what's the status and um, what can you tell us about um, your experience there? So three years ago, a little over three years ago now, three years ago, March, February, March, a friend of mine reached out to me about a different issue he had with Ohio State that he was frustrated about, apparel deal. Mm-hmm. And then he, he fell out with them, but then what happened was he started saying, well, we're gonna bring up Dr. Strauss and a couple of us people, you know, a couple of us were on this chain, uh, you know, text chain, we're like, what are you talking about so long ago? We all knew, we all had these stories. And, and what he did was he reached out to, to Congressman Jim Jordan, who was our assistant wrestling coach, and then our head coach did a video. And it was this thing we had little momentum about the information coming out. But what, what happened was I started, after getting over the fear of like the embarrassment and, and mm-hmm. uh, of what it could be men being sexually assaulted, I started you know, after I talked to investigators and got a lawyer, but talking to other my teammates, it became very therapeutic for me, and I could tell for them. And what I all what I also understood, what I noticed with them, they didn't. When you start talking to them, I learned how to communicate with them because they didn't want right about. They were just ah, they buried everything. Mm-hmm. So I just started becoming an advocate, and I learned how to speak to them about these things. But then, as I talked to many of these teammates about Doc Strauss being there from 1978 to 1998 so he had 20 years of inappropriate behavior you know uh, Jim Jordan reached out to me trying to find out you know what pretty much how I could help him as opposed to how he could help us put it that way <laughs> you know and, uh, and Jim then, Jordan yeah. still claims right yeah. that he doesn't that he didn't know anything and it's which it, is an impossibility, it's an impossibility right there's absolutely but there's no reason for him to do that right I disagree with him politically but if he, me and him, I always could talk to, like I would see him at this and we'd be cordial. But then when it came to this, he just straight turned his back on us because all he had to do is say, Will, what can we do to make this right? You know, because I think he, he believed he was going to be Speaker of the House because he started, you know, he positioned himself to be Donald right. Trump's guy. No, if he, if, yeah. he, if, he if, if his thought was, if it looks like I ignored this, I'm, I'm, I'm in big trouble. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that was his. He really was only thinking about his own political Absolutely. life in that, in that, in that, because like everyone knew Doc Strauss was doing this, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said the seniors would joke with the yeah. freshmen, like, "Oh, you got to go first because yeah. I already, I've already, yeah, like, exactly." Like, we, and because you didn't know how to address it, right? Because this doctor was responsible for the physicals, but also like if you didn't get cleared by him to play, You're you not, didn't, yeah. you couldn't play, right? Yeah. So it's like yeah. you almost felt locked in to just you, toughing I, through it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're, you're, you're in this space where it's like, and I was a tryout walk-on, which is way different than just, there's people who walked on who like kind of got invited to be on the team. There's technically- Preferred walk-on. walk-on. Yeah. Right. But you were not a preferred walk-on. You just no, showed up I to showed a tryout. Up and I, I showed up and I, and I said- And you made the um, team. Yeah. And I, and I got on the squad. And, uh, and you had a great career. Yeah. It, you know, it, it was it was decent. It was, it was all right. Yeah. I mean, you ended up on, uh, like an still, Olympic. I, you well, ended was, up an Olympic hopeful. Oh yeah, point. yeah. I wrestled in Olympic trials in 2000, which was which was really great, Rome, really great moment. Because you know the thing, 
that I look back at this is my dad, like, you know, you, you know, old school fathers, they don't, you know, they, they don't have those moments of, you know, they don't like bragging about their sons. They don't want you bragging, you know, they, they yeah. like to put you. But my dad was really happy that I wrestled out. Like, you could tell he was really proud that I wrestled there and got through. And then the Olympic trial, he would bring that up. And I just would be like, oh, he would just be like, yeah, my son's on Olympic ladder. I'd just be like, oh, like you know, just to rant people. Right. And uh, so I, I'll, never I'll never trade that in for anything. Mm -hmm. But it's like, but going back to Jordan is like, when he called me, and then I asked to call him back, I said, Jim, can I call you back? All he had to do was wait a couple hours for me to call him back, you know? And then he goes on Fox News and then bashes us, and then people started splitting. So he bashed the athlete. Like, what was his response to his, when, when this said, news comes? Yeah, what did he, he say? He said that Mark Coleman has issues in his life and is lying. Danyasha Yetz has issues in his life and is lying. And then, it, like, it, it, he just picked on the, the, the initial whistleblowers who had some things in their past that, you know, that they thought maybe it was that, that we were trying to do a money grab or this thing. And we had no clue about what this could be financially. Right. But when we had momentum and then people started wanting to talk about it, you get that the wrestler about themselves comes out like, you know what, no, this was BS. And Bulldog mentality yeah, comes right? out. Yeah. So it came out so, so, and once again. And he's just, a wrestler. Yes. And he didn't and have your back. I know, and it's so crazy. Like he is supporting these insurrectionists and he won't even support us. Wow. You, you understand? It's just like, so So when my when they had this house bill for us to be at, a, I think it's House Bill 249, or if I'm not mistaken, that we had an opportunity to, you know, that can't get through committee for us to be able to sue Ohio State without statute of limitations. Something like Jim, he could have said, he could have went to those Republicans in our litter. You gotta put it through. Yeah, you gotta put it through. Put this through and let's get through this thing and let's move on. But none of them, all the, it can't get past committee, it can't get through to anything. And my state rep, this is why I do like my state rep, Juanita Brent. She, she called me, one time she reached out to me and said, are you time for a phone? Because I reached out to everybody in our area, mm -hmm. even some of the people running. I reached out to Mina, Chantel, DeWine, you know, Tim Ryan. I've reached out to all these people and, and two people got back. I got a generic email back from um, Sherrod Brown and, Sean, and then, uh, and Juanita, she she reached out to Facebook like, hey, here's my phone number, can you call? And then we and she called me. And then um, and what stuck with me, she said, I saw some of those hearings and things like that. And she said, uh, Will said that they're not gonna push this through. This is what you guys could try and do, and this is this. But she said, Will, government's not supposed to work against you, it's supposed to work for you. She said it's supposed to work for you, not against you. Right. right? And that stuck with me from that point. And that's when in November when this happened, I said, you know what? I want people to believe that government can work for you again. Because mm -hmm. I have kids kids that, that I coach here, I know a lot of my like young people and nieces and nephews, and they're, they're losing a little bit of faith in that government can work for you, right? And it shouldn't be the case. And you wonder, who is that good for? Who benefits when people just lose faith in their government, right? And that's what we can't have, and that's what we're having right now. So hopefully I can be someone that can help restore some of the faith, at least for our area. There's a lot of people are miffed in our area about what's been going on over the last 20 years. With some you know, many of these people who who I'm running against have been involved in. Well, you've certainly proven your your, your continued commitment to working with kids that yeah. like you do. Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. walking the walk. You're yeah, not just yeah, talking yeah. the talk on that, yeah, right? I, I coach um, it. I love it. I, lo I love mentoring kids and helping them. I, I always say I tell some of these 
mothers that said, my job is to get your kid out of your basement. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? I know? I said, you know, at the end of the day, we, we're going to make sure your kid's out of your basement. And we, uh, you know, and I, I love when kids have opportunities to go to, to great schools, get out, of, get out of, you know, learn, go see other things, go to the military, whatever it is. But, uh, but it, it's, it's really good seeing when kids come back and you see their success. And it, it's... it's uh, very, very great. Well, very grateful. Ohio State, to wrap up that conversation, mm-hmm. Ohio State is going to make financial amends to some degree, but my understanding is you're not looking to. They're trying to, to squeeze to, us. You're not, yeah. but you, and, but because you don't want to be silenced, right? No, no. And that you don't no want to sign the non disclosure agreement. No, there's um, absolutely no way I'm doing that. And so. Uh, where do you stand? Are you have, do you have your own suit on the side? Like you're yeah, not going to take a piece of that settlement pie and you're going to just do your own thing? Is so the way they had the settlement is they try to, they, once again, they're trying to separate us. Like, okay, one group. Okay, they settle. So now this is what it is. This is the it's all it's going to be. Right? Right. And then they, you, can get deep, you can get into the minutia of the, of the lawsuit where it's how many times you saw a doc? How many years were you there? You know, were you at that? So it every every into an every instant has yeah, like has yeah. like a value into, to it. Yes, oh call, it turns into an equation. And as as you say, like I was there five years, right? right. Red shirted a year, so yeah. imagine how many times I saw Doc Strauss, I, right? I mean, I can't imagine. How many and times. there's there's some people who sign who saw him once, right? And one thing I did learn in this is someone once versus twenty times or thirty, like. You're still a victim. The psychological right? damage. Yeah, like, like I know is, people who got to who had one, one time and they're like messed up because right, of this, right. And I know someone who might have saw him fifty times and it's like, and all right, I don't know, but right. but ultimately, the damage that I've seen done to a lot of these people, a lot of my teammates, and I don't know why I'm a single guy with no kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But over oh, these last year, last couple of years, I'm I think I'm starting to understand that a little bit, mm. but. Um, so I, I can't be silent about that. Mm-hmm. I can't come around here, all of a sudden someone sees me with, uh, okay, wow, I have a new car or something, and then, oh, well, was that you? Like, yeah, like, and you're oh, like, I, I just can't talk, can't talk about it. Can't talk right, about yeah. It. When, I have, when I have, I coach kids and I mentor kids and I can't tell them, like, I can't tell my story about this, there's no way I'm going to be a part of that. Well, uh, to me, it, it is, like, the irony, like, of you uh, and Jim Jordan potentially representing the most gerrymandered, ridiculous mm. districts in Ohio mm-hmm. and working side by side yeah. would be really something, yeah. uh, you know, and you're uh, clearly not afraid to come at being the underdog, right? No. Like that doesn't no. scare you. I I'm mean, the voice of the underdog. The voice I'm going to be the voice of the underdog. And I am the only person who is running that has taken Jim Jordan down. <laughs> Literally. Literally. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we well, can do it again. We can do it again. Uh, yeah, I think it's fascinating, um, the entire sort of scenario. Um, and, and in this district, I mean, we're supposed to be redistricting, right? Do you know anything about, well, like, I'm, our district could, like, you, re, you, you, mod, you may represent us in November, and then, and then all of a sudden it, it could shifts. all change, right? But I right? think what's going to, I just was hearing people talking about how that's on hold, they're going to redo, like, it's, I don't think it's going to happen as soon as we think. Mm. So I think it's going to be kind of kicked, the can's going to be kicked down the road a little bit. Hmm. Not just immediate, because I, I the Republicans are up to some stuff. I mean, yeah. with the supermajority, so they're trying to figure out how can we do this again? Like, how can we do this again? Because they're, the they're, they're, they're supposed the law, to they're supposed to be legally obligated exact, to redistrict, yes, right? And, 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 and not a, so a more fairly, messed up, yeah, exactly. Right? So I think they're trying to play their game, and then someone's trying to hold them to account. And so I think each party's kind of moving it down. Mm-hmm. So maybe like. 
I wouldn't be surprised if we do another census or we, we revisit some census because hmm. they, and that's just me just, you know, just talking to some people within this because I just believe that they're just, they're trying to figure out how to keep these districts very strongholds for Republicans, you know, and just satisfy us with just Ohio 11th and a few others. Um, how are you feeling about the uh, the field, right? So we've, you, you sort of ran through, I mean, everyone is sort of looking at Nina and Chantel, yep, right? Yep, yep. Um, what do you want Cleveland Heights to know? Like, I, I think to, I'm doing, part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is I feel like historically Cleveland Heights has been very passive. Mm. You know, we've never had a, an elected mayor until this year. It's the first yeah. time we've ever elected our mayor is this yeah, coming that's, year. that's always been um, <laughs> You know, and it's like, it's funny, the mayor of Shaker Heights, uh, uh, Weiss is a Heights grad, mm. uh, a Cleveland Heights grad. But, yeah, um, yeah. but no, I'm looking to see that like, uh, you know, we have a city of 50,000 people. It's sort of, it's like, you know, it's got its fractured, you know, elements to it yeah. in terms of uh, the different, different interests, but like Cleveland Heights to me has never sort of been a player in the region at all and politically, and, and you that, know? And that makes, it makes, one of the early people that I reached out to is a Heights alum, because I, I knew if he ran, I wasn't gonna run, mm -hmm. put it that way. Mm -hmm. I said, and I met with him and he said he wasn't gonna run, and I said, okay. Because I would, I would have had, because I'm not running to just, oh, let me get my name, I'm running to try and win. Like, mm -hmm. I don't just do, like, we win or lose, well, I, can, I can accept, losing but i can't accept not trying to win so so when you know i have so many heights friends and 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 it's such a important place to, to me like i have you know we own property in cleveland heights and you know i know many small business owners who who are supportive of of me and and so i saw you with mr brisket yeah like those are those are my yeah, yeah mr mm -hmm. brisket are my people yeah. you know kathy and the grog shop we, yeah. matter of fact we're doing a uh, we're doing an event uh, at b-side next week what's uh, the date do you know the date uh it's the 7th of july at 7 p.m meet the candidate so and, you can come down and yeah. meet uh and meet uh, mr knight here come uh, say, if you want to come see come him say in hello hopefully yeah. i'll have a fresh hair get my my cleaned up but yeah it's uh Heights is very, very important to this district, and I, I just, the neglect of it, I, I'm, uh, I'm so confused when that happens, you know? But I see that even in this election with the other competitors, they're talking to a certain audience, yep. and they're not talking to the east side Democrats more, like the, the suburban east side, because they're just assuming, all right, they're there, they're gonna be there, they'll donate money, and they'll pay their taxes and be good soldiers, but we have to cater to an audience who may not come out to vote or is a city whatever it is I, I have an idea of what it is but the people I went to high school with th that want to participate in this thing but feel are being felt left behind as well you know in and those are the people I'm trying to talk to you know the people who are left behind um Speaking of uh, Cleveland Heights, Shaker Heights, and the history there, uh, I'm very excited. Oh, I was very excited to read, I think it was a couple of years ago, that Shaker had decided to phase back in to being in the LEL. Yeah. So I would imagine you were f a front row seat to that, like why that decision was made, right? Yeah. Can yeah, you talk I'll, about that and, oh, okay. and, and well, why? Um, yeah. uh, I don't know. We're just happy to have you guys back where you belong. Yeah. It's um, for, for wrestling, it doesn't affect us as much where. Um, we can make our own schedule. We don't have, like football, you'd be like, all right, we need an LEO schedule. We gotta play Heights, we gotta play Warrens, we gotta be, right? It's, mm -hmm. you have a certain amount. But I can wrestle everyone in LEO, I mean, I still have way more stuff to fill in my schedule. Right. So it's, so, so it's good for my program. I'm back, you know, 
I have a young group that, you know, that, that it would be perfect for them to just neighborhood rivalries again and cross town, right? Because when we were in the GCC, it the GCC was, is what other, so, so to back up a little yeah. bit. So Cleveland Heights and Shaker Heights were in the Lake Erie League with Lakewood uh, when I was growing up. Yeah, Parma, the Parma, the Parma schools, schools. Parma schools, um, Lakewood. And, uh, uh, Man, not Mentor wasn't in yet, but Garfield, Cleveland Heights. So some Shaker of the Heights, current, Shaw, some of the current LEL, but like some of the other teams. Shaw, and then at some point in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, the everything schools left. Everything Lakewood got mixed up. Left. Yeah, it right. got mixed up. And then we start. Then they tried to put together a power conference. And then. And Shaker went. We went we to split that up. power. Yeah, so we split up. And then. And who else then, is in your league now? So like, now, it, now it just came down to just us, Shaker, Strongsville, Brunswick, Illyria, Solon Mentor, and Medina. So imagine. You know, Thursday nights having to drive to Medina and then getting wrestling a full dual meet and then kids getting home at 10, 11 o'clock for, a, and it's just, and some of those places weren't as friendly as we, you know, to, right. to a team. My team is primarily African American kids. And, uh, you know, one time we're, you know, we're out, out west and we, uh, we came out, came across a, uh, a MAGA support of, you know, a MAGA, mm -hmm. right? And uh, we're, this kid comes and sits directly across from us with full MAGA gear. I've never seen a MAGA sweatshirt. Just I've seen the hat. Yeah, right. Like, I've seen the hat before, but right. I had this guy. He was like, this is me, and I'm here to right. be in your face. And in fairness to that team and that coach, they moved him. I'm like, get out of here, because he came as a backup. But then the guy's dad comes down. He has MAGA gear and kind of walks across the men. He's, and he's clearly trying to get our attention. Right. And at the end of the dual meet, he, he was clearly trying to intimidate my kids. So then now I have to watch, because he followed one of my parents out. He was trying to get, uh, he was trying to get a reaction from us. And, and, and my parents were very good, and my kids were very, it, it was very good that how my parents handled it and the kids handled it. But, so I had to get a coach. I had to go up and follow him to follow, you know, make sure he was, because he was coming to see where my kids were coming out the locker room. I could tell he was trying to get some reaction. And the best thing about it is they weren't, they didn't give it to him, right? And then, but the best part about this is as we're in the lobby waiting for the bus, he's still wandering around, just trying to get our attention. I had this kid on my team who, who's on the spectrum of autism. And he says so many great, funny things that gets me out of a crappy mood. Uh -huh. I don't know how he knows this, but mm -hmm. he'll say the right thing at the right yeah. time. He's got an outlook on things that's just not the same as yours, right? Yeah. It's gonna freshen up and, the, the vibe. And I am so on fire about this man. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like I like I was this one of those moments where like I'm gonna get fired tonight, you know? <laughs> and uh so this kid is sitting at the door, like, hey y'all the bus is at and then the then the, the maggot idiot he walks he walks past and this kid looks at the guy's hat and laughs at him and looks at us. And then we all start laughing. And that guy's on fire. He walks outside. Uh, and it come in because I was walking out after the, like I was about to walk right. behind this he guy because I thought he was going to confront my kid. Like I was like, all right. And then and this kid looked and looked at his hat and then looked at me and smiled. And everyone and laughed. And like, I was what just is like, this? I said, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you don't. <laughs> so it, that's good. And, and that happened a lot. Like there's a lot of places where you got those things. I mean, and, your basketball and, you know, team, your football team, yeah, like yeah, going yeah, yeah. to some of these places. Yeah. Like it's. 
Yeah, and I won't it's, tolerate it. it I will well, and not. that's not what high school sports is supposed to be about, right? You shouldn't yeah. have to like, like worry about like. Yeah. Fine, you can cheer against us, but don't right. make it personal. Don't right. make it about race or class or thing. Like it, right. it, it, it has no place. And I will fight for my kids. No one will disrespect. Like they will not be disrespected. They don't deserve that. Like you, I stay. Come talk to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Come talk to me. Don't talk to my kids. Don't talk to my parents. If you have an issue, come talk to me. So, like I said, I, I just, I, I fight for them. I always will. And, like, you know, I'm not going to let, like, they don't deserve that. Well, um, I think when you and I were, were speaking the first time we met a few weeks ago, you really are harping on this idea that you are better, you'll be better at, like, working with all kinds of people, right? Yeah. So why why do you think that? Why do you think you're the better choice for someone that can um, that can cross the aisle if necessary, yeah. or just yeah. or just make connections with people? Yeah. Well, well, you well you see, Nina's drawn her line in the in the party where she you know just disrespected James Clyburn last week and and yeah. and she's already disrespected the president and and then, and my friend in Washington I talked to, the squad they're not getting meetings because of their position in many things, mm-hmm. right? So, and then if Nina's already committed to being a part of the squad, and then she's already, like, how is Joe Biden gonna help our area? How are we gonna get our area help if we can't get our congressperson in the door? Sure. Right? And, and with the others, they talk about what they've done. You hear Chantel, she talks about what she's done a lot, and you look at this area and I'm like, what has any of these people done over the last 20 years? I mean, are people happy with what's going on around here? Like, like there's some people are doing well. There's some, but I'm telling you, like, the, the fight, the, what I see in these schools, what I see in Heights, what I see in East Cleveland, and I see all these people, and then they, they want to blame someone. I said, you've been in power. Nina, you were there. You left. You were right. at the State House. You were a great fighter for people, and you left. We need no, you there. Yeah. Like, and then, John, we need these people to be in, stay engaged. They're asking me. They, they say, well, if you lose, are you going to stay engaged? So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stay engaged. Um, and you live right now in the Lee Harvard yeah. uh, area, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you, when you look at the, do you have an opinion on the Cleveland mayoral race? Are you, uh, are you taking Not a really. stance I, right now? I'm, it's interesting. If you talk about Zach Reed versus Justin Bibb versus Kevin Kelly, it's uh, right. It's going to be a, a change, no yeah, matter which yeah. way you go, right? And, and uh, Rashir Jones, and Rashir, I, yeah. haven't, I haven't gotten a chance to meet him yet. Uh, and Bibb, I, I would like to meet Bibb. I would like to meet Bibb. Someone offered me to meet Dennis Kucinich, <laughs> like, but I'm like, God help you know, us. I, I, I no offense know, to Dennis Kucinich, I, exactly, but, that but is, I, it is time to pass the baton. Put it this way: yeah. I, I want some young energy, some yeah, new energy, and you know, if that, you know, that's not quite an endorsement, but but I'm kind of excited to see what Bib or Rashir Jones can do. I would like to talk to him, meet him a little bit more or something, but I do have a vote in that district in that, in right. that area, so. Uh, it's going to be used because I, I don't miss votes. I don't <laughs> I, I vote as much as I can. Um, what else? What else are you interested in make, letting the people of Cleveland Heights and University Heights know about um, where you stand? The reason, the thing that frustrates me is that there's a void in leadership in our area, right? And they talk about what they're going to do. They're going to fight and this. And I'm like, you've been here and they You've been doing nothing for this area, very little. There's been a void in leadership. And what I've learned is places like Cleveland, we need like our mayor, our mayor has had failed leadership. And you were seeing, you see it in Cleveland Heights, but you have some frustration with some of the leaders in Cleveland Heights. Sure. And it's, it's 
We have a void of leadership in law enforcement. We have a void of leadership in, in the state of Ohio, in the Democratic Party. And I'm here to try and fill that void because I've led on many things. And what I see is you have to have a resolve and you have to be ready to fight. You have to be able to ready to com compromise. You got to be ready. There's a lot of different things you have to do for a lot of different type of people. And my opponents don't have that background of diversity in their lives and friendships and relationships. They don't. I'm the guy who I am the fabric of this area. Like I am part of the fabric of this area. I've, I'm 48 years old and I've been here. My family's been in this area for 60 years, over 60 years between Akron to East Cleveland to Shaker and me coaching and doing business around here. It's funny because Akron's in this district. Exactly. A lot of people in Cleveland Heights don't realize exactly. that if you look at this ridiculous gerrymandered my, district, my uncle, it touches my, Akron. My uncles and cousins live in the district. So I know they oh, think... Oh, they're going to be able to vote for you from down there? They oh, yeah. think they're going to get all of I think two of the top runners think they're getting all of us. But, I, but I, got, I got a block down there. <laughs> trust me, I see your signs popping up <laughs> everywhere, you know? You know? like it's, I see an, uh, you know, a, a, a sign here and a sign there. Slowly but surely. But yeah, just, you know, we're just in this fight and we're going to keep we're going to keep getting after it and trying to you know show leadership and work work through this for this area and and anybody who you know would like to come up and have a conversation I'm here for it I'm not you know as long as we can be civil about things where we you know whether we can agree or not I can, I can right. have a conversation with you right and and um, and I'm always going to be willing to do that and I'm not going to be an absentee congressperson either like I'll be here you'll you'll see me at the grog shop <laughs> and Mr. Bristol <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, yeah. it's been a pleasure. Uh, and um, yeah, you want to see uh, meet um, meet Will Knight? Come down to the grog shop on on July seventh. Will Knight for Congress .com. There you go.